Welcome to the MS Gym Podcast. I'm your host, Jody Feltham, and it's about to get real as we listen to the victories and struggles of our own MS Gym members. So let's dive in. Hello, MS Gym family. So glad you could join me for another episode of the MS Gym Podcast. Today, I am excited. I'll be talking with Brenda, one of our original gymmers. I've had the opportunity to meet up with Brenda a few times as we both live in Ontario, Canada. So it's been fantastic getting to know her a little bit better. So I'm excited for you to hear more of her story today. So Brenda, thank you so much for joining us today. You are more than welcome. I'm happy to be here. So Brenda, how did, how did MS kind of show up in your life? Um, well, it was 15 years ago, actually. I believe it was um, in the winter of 2007. I was uh, working in Ottawa. And every day before we would go to our meetings, I would do a walk around, you know, Parliament Hill and my toe kept tripping. And I decided to mention this to my daughter, who was in kinesiology at the time. And she did a few tests and thought it was a bit weird and said, Mom, just get it checked out at the doctor. So, of course, the family GP doesn't know much about it and sent me to a neurologist, which I thought was quite insightful for her to do without saying anything to me. So I went to a just a neurologist in the neighborhood, an old time guy that worked out of his house. And he looked at me, did a few things, not even dealing with my foot. I just described what I, my foot was doing. He said, I think you have MS. And of course I didn't believe him, but he said, let's have an MRI. And in the meantime, I had been going to my chiropractor um, for the same issue. And I told her what he had said. And she says, there's no way you have MS. You know, you're to this, you're to that. And I said, well, anyway, I'm going for an MRI. And lo and behold, I went back on my daughter's birthday in 2008. And he quite bluntly said, yep, you have MS and it's in the worst place because it's on your spinal cord. And that was it. And I went back to work. <laughs> and uh, that started my journey. That seems crazy that, you know, the doctor would even just say like question MS with like a little bit of a trip to your foot. And then the chiropractor like totally dismissed the idea. Like when you got the official diagnosis, were you kind of blown away then? I was blown away, but my symptoms were so minor. You know, I was still walking sometimes to work, which took me an hour, but the toe tripping got worse. And I just, well, thought to myself, okay, I'm going to just keep exercising like I always do, and I can manage this. And uh, uh, I was recommended to go to the MS clinic in Toronto, which is now the Barlow Center, which is supposedly, oh, and I believe it is, one of the best centers in North America. And I was assigned my neurologist, and he was very nonchalant. I was 53 at the time when I was diagnosed. And uh, he says, yeah, you've got a juicy brain, but you have lesions on your spinal cord. And he kind of intimated that was the worst place to have them. But in any event, he says, you're doing good. And, you know, it's time to put you on a, on a disease-modifying drug. And he suggested Copaxone. And at the time, I, 
had done some reading and I knew I didn't have relapsing remitting. I thought for sure I was progressive. And I questioned him later about that. And he said, well, he put me down for relapsing remitting because that didn't disqualify me for any of the drugs Mm -hmm. just in case. So I appreciated that. And I was on Copaxone for, hmm, from 2008 until I had stem cell in 2017. So did you notice, did it change at all? Like when you're on Copaxone, did you notice any improvements? No, I didn't notice any change. My foot drop just kept getting progressively slowly worse. So you mentioned about um, stem cell, about HSCT. Um, what, what made you, like you were diagnosed, you did Copaxone, and then, and then you went overseas and had this very we'll say an an extreme procedure done. Uh, What kind of led you to do that? Well, I do a lot of reading about MS and I do a lot of reading about exercising and I read a lot of testimonials about the stem cell treatment and I dug a little bit deeper into it and I knew in my brain that I had primary progressive and that stem cell is supposedly best for highly inflammative relapsing, remitting. But I had read stories by a few people that I'm sure a lot of people know about, you know, Gwen Higgs and a lot of people who had primary progressive and it helped them. So I thought I'm either going to do this or I'm not. And I spoke to my neurologist and he's very kind of non-committal. He says, well, if you want to do it, do it and decide to do it and just go ahead and I'll still be your neurologist. He wasn't pushing me for it, but he also wasn't dissuading me either. So I spoke to my husband and said, you know, it's expensive. And it was, I chose to go to um, Clinic Ruiz in Puebla, Mexico, which in my opinion was top notch. Hmm. I kind of um, delved into Dr. Ruiz and the clinic and know he was director at the Mayo Clinic. So he, wasn't some charlatan and it was very he was very highly respected and I talked to them before going and made my decision and I packed my bags and I went awesome and and looking back now do you have you know of course this is going to be a very personal decision like I had stem cell done as well and do you have any regrets going are you are you glad not at all I don't have any regrets because number one if I didn't go I would always be kicking myself now saying, I wish I had a gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number two, since I've had stem cell, I have got no new symptoms. I think my progressively worsening right leg is due to existing damage, but I've had no new symptoms. Mm, That's wonderful. To me, I I think that's a win. Uh, Other people would say, well, you're still progressing. So that means that you weren't... um, that it didn't help you, but I don't believe that. <laughs> no, and I, I don't, I, think, I don't uh, believe that either, Brenda. I think that's wonderful. Having no new symptoms. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now, Brenda, obviously this is the, the MS gym podcast. So, uh, how you and I met and how did you, you know, how did you find the MS gym? Because I'm always looking and reading and finding and, and, uh, experimenting. And I've went, I've gone on a lot of sites but I just find with the MS gym I like the the fact that 
it's a progressive program and every morning you press it and all the thinking's done for you. You just do it. Even though, for example, I might find um, squats easy, easier than most, I still do them. Or the next morning it's active recovery day. And if I still want to work out, I'll do the active recovery and then I might do another workout. And I just find the ease of pressing that button and listening to Trevor tell me what to do <laughs> is just a no-brainer. Um, a lot of the programs you have to you have a list of exercises and you have to choose which ones to do. But I'm I'm the kind of person I'm better when someone's telling me what to do rather than choosing it myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's and that's true. Is the MS gym has developed uh, so much of the guesswork has been taken out. Like it's kind of like yes, you just press play and you follow like a link and and you ta-da, and then you're done, and then you're done for the day. Like it's it's wonderful. Like yes, and I I don't know if if MS has affected your cognition, but I know for many of our members, they're so, they're so glad. They're so thankful that they don't have to try to piece something together. Cause there's, there's no way you'd be able to, to figure it out cognitively, decide what you need. And then you have this added pressure because then you keep thinking, Oh, did I, did I do the right thing? Yes. Um, yes. So that's exactly it. It sounds like exercise and keeping active has been a huge part in your journey and it's allowed you to be as active as you have been yeah but you know what i'm lucky too though because i don't have the fatigue and i don't want anybody out there to feel that they're not doing enough because believe me when you're not feeling well or you have a cold and you're just so tired the mm -hmm. last thing you want to do is exercise i have a good friend that i've just met within the last year who was diagnosed and her number one problem is fatigue mm. and um i feel for you know the rest of the ms gymmers or anyone with ms that has the fatigue that like really how do you get over that how do you make that better mm -hmm. yeah that that definitely is a very difficult symptom and and i am appreciative that trevor's programs do have a like a a varied scale of things for people you know that they can try to yes. do some things in bed like even breathing or eye drills like there's there is there's always something to do but definitely the fatigue aspect um adds a, an added challenge for sure in, in order to try to get movement into your body what were you doing like when you were diagnosed uh, 15 years yeah. ago, what, what kind of occupation were you involved? I, uh, I was a litigation law clerk at um, a big firm in Toronto. So um, when there was litigation and trial work going on, um, I was the paralegal or law clerk that um, assisted lawyers in trial preparation. So when we were busy, it did mean a lot of sitting and sitting in court or, you know, uh, getting up for lunch, then getting, sitting back in court and moving around a little bit. But I always tried to either walk partway to work or partway home from work so that the sitting wouldn't be as detrimental as it can be. So um, some, some parts of it was highly stressful, you know, um, you're in a courtroom situation and you have to be on the ball at all times. Mm. Uh, but I loved it at the time. And when I turned 60, I thought, you know what, 
it's time for me to early retire, take mm. care of myself and work out more and just, just take time for me. Mm. So that's why I, you know, I early retired at 60 and I started doing Pilates every day and doing EMS gym and just, just trying to be as active as I can be. Mm. Yeah. It, it sounds like your choice to, to have an early retirement was definitely for the betterment of your health and, and maybe you, you might've left, you know, a full-time job in, you know, in law and being a paralegal, but then you, you switch that into becoming a full-time healthcare worker for yourself, basically. And taking and that, that's exactly what I thought at the time I said, I used to get up at seven or seven thirty or whatever and go to work. Now my job is to do my exercises. Oh, and that's how I initially, um, looked at my early retirement. My job now is to keep exercising and keep moving. Awesome. So Brenda, for, for those that aren't part of the members only corner, um, the, our, our Facebook group for paid members, people wouldn't know that you are an avid world traveler and there's not too many months of the year that you are not out to the ends of the earth, uh, seeing different places and countries and getting in like uh, an immeasurable amount of steps. Um, can you tell me a bit about like what has been your most exciting adventure? Oh, well, I think what started the traveling bug uh, when I, my boyfriend and I, when we were like 18 or 19, decided between finishing high school and going to college or uh, university that we would do this overland expedition trip with a group of people that we really didn't know. And we went, we started out in England and we made our way to Afghanistan and it took three months. We went to Belgium, Germany, Bulgaria, Macedonia, Turkey, Iran, um, ending, ending up in Afghanistan. And then we made our way back. So that was like the start of really loving to go to other places and they don't have to be fancy places just other places and then since then you know the kids came along so we had to save money and not travel then but soon as they were you know old enough to be on their own we picked it up and went to a ton of other places I made a list for you because I knew you were going to ask me after we did our England to Afghanistan, we've been to Italy, Spain, France, Poland, China, Israel, Malta, Greece, New Zealand, Australia, South America, the Falkland Islands, and of course, a few places in the States and Alaska. So, you know, part of those trips have been partly cruise and partly land. Some of them have been totally land portions, but... Um, I guess that would be my passion. If you're going to ask me what my passion is, mm. it's just to see different parts of the world. Um, in the springtime, we're going to South Korea and Taiwan and Japan and Singapore. And uh, yeah, that's why I have to keep moving, Jody. I have to keep up with it. That's incredible. And I think of, you know, one of the taglines for the MS gym is, you know, live a, a life by design and not by diagnosis. And 
you listing all these places that you went to and even the the huge trip that you're going to i'm like that's a that's exactly what it is right you're not letting your diagnosis get in the way of uh your passions when you do travel do you do you have mobility aids or what do you do because i know that in your trips you do a lot of walking how how do you how do you um get around like do you use anything i have my afo and I have my trekking poles and the thing that helps me the most is my hip flexor assisted device, which is that thing that you put around your waist and it ties up to your shoe. And as you step, it kind of assists your hip flexor in lifting. I swear if I didn't have that, there's no way I can do the walking that I do. It just helps me so much. That's great. That's great that you've got a tool that that helps you that assists you in you know living out these adventures uh would you have any parting words maybe for someone else who's newly diagnosed or maybe maybe inspiration for people that think that because they're diagnosed that they can't travel anymore or their life is now stunted what what advice would you pass on Hmm. advice number one exercise 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 I think for me in my situation and from what I've seen of the few other people I know personally with MS, the ones that exercise seem to be doing better. Now, is it their type of MS? Is it the exercise? Who knows? But in my head, I think exercise is the most beneficial. Number two, don't get caught up in everything that you're supposed to do because it'll make you crazy Mm -hmm. go on this diet take this supplement take this mushroom fast don't fast do this oxygen Mm -hmm. chamber thing do this red light therapy thing i mean if you thought of all the things that are recommended Mm -hmm. number one you would feel inadequate because you can't do them all you can't afford them all and it would be just too time consuming And to do the things that you like to do. Like if you hate, you know, walking on a treadmill, don't walk on a treadmill, walk outside or walk in a mall. Um, I personally hate the treadmill and Mm. I bought one because I thought in the wintertime I would use it, but there's nothing more boring for me than walking on a treadmill. So I don't do it. Um, And the same with diet. I, you know, I've tried the, you know, this diet and that diet, know this, know that. For me, it didn't make a difference at all. All I was was miserable. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I just try and eat healthy. If I'm going out with my friends, you know, I'll eat healthy. But if I want to have something that maybe I shouldn't, but it strikes me as something that I'd like to try, I'll try it. Hey, I'm 68. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to give up the things that bring me joy. Mm, And I guess that is the end all and be all, Mm. you know, people, you know, I'll have a glass of wine or two most days with my meals. And, you know, people say you have two. Yeah, I do have two glasses. It doesn't affect me. I really enjoy it. It's something I look forward to at night and I'm, you know, after dinner at home, I'm not going anywhere. So I will have my glass of glass of wine and, savor it Mm. so you know 
I think all the things that we're supposed to do would make us crazy. I I agree. I think they make us crazy and they'd also make us dirt poor, I think, with all the exactly. different with the different recommendations. Exactly. And I think I think you probably learned along the way, like you said, exercise, exercise. You've you've learned what makes the biggest difference in your life. And some of the other things you found that for yourself that diet doesn't change much for you. For some people with MS, it makes a huge difference and others it doesn't. So it's it's exactly. part of being that detective for your own for your own body and your own journey with MS, right? And and like you said, not stressing yourself out because stress is so bad for us. And if, if we put so much pressure on ourselves to do everything, if we put so much yes. pressure on ourselves to do everything, chances are we're not going to do anything because we're going to be so we're going to be so overwhelmed and we won't want to get started. So, so Brenda, thank you so much uh, for chatting with me. Thank you for having me. Do you want to give a voice to your own story or learn more about the MS gym? You can check us out at the msgym.com.